Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in extra hot today. It's your backup host, Josh. And uh, I'm joined by a man who thought Italy was a dark horse in this tournament, qualified as a dark horse. Jobba, how are you going? Yeah, good. Uh, proved me right once again. Good to see you've got a real show of confidence in yourself too, the backup host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know there's a bit of a power vacuum, so I thought I'd fill it <laughs> just, just a little bit. Yeah, and I'm also joined by another guy who recently dog sat for me, so I'm not going to say anything mean about him. Barney, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Josh. There's a bit of remnants left on the kitchen floor, but pretty good otherwise. Yeah, you're welcome. From, um, the, from the dog, I assume. Yes. Oh, yeah, I yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's just get straight into it. Barney, I think you've got some uh, weekly happenings to run us through. Sure do. So first one off the list is uh, Roy Keane's legendary insights. So he had another cracker quote that we can add to the favorites list. Uh, And this time it was on Denmark. And this is uh, before the England game. So it was obviously uh, giving some great punditry. And he said, uh, they're excellent. No superstars, but a proper team. They got a difficult start to the tournament, but they've recovered well. And it will be a tough night for England. I don't know how many of this team get in the England team. I wouldn't have any. So really building them up to just knock them right back down yeah. on, the, on the Danes there. What did you boys make of it? I love that turn at the end where none yeah. for me, just cut them right down. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think he had a point and then about midway through he's like, oh, shit, I've lost it. I got no I'm, idea what. I'm just, I'm just going through a different direction. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's classic Roy Keane to sort of lose himself find himself again in a completely another area in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All righty, next one. Uh, so, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Emmy Martinez, the Argentinian goalkeeper, was talking some absolute trash to the Colombian players in their semifinal of the Copa America. So, that it went to a penalty shootout um, and he basically was just getting in their heads uh, immensely. In the penalty yeah. shootout, every player that walked up, he was he was right at him. Um, you could actually it was, hear it. Great to see. Yeah, oh, no like crowd. On the broadcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was kind of nice, and uh, it was good that he he not only talked trash but but backed it up. That's that was the main part. You got to you got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I know. So, like, you're our Spanish correspondent, there, Barney. Was it all in Spanish? <laughs> uh yes. Uh, sorry, C. C. It was <laughs> it was all in Spanish. C. Uh, C. <laughs> But they, they, I watched a video where they actually um, put all English subtitles in for everyone who wanted to wanted to watch at home. And um, oh, really? Yeah, it was it was getting pretty feisty with some, especially one of the players. Uh, I can't remember who what his name was, but he was basically just ripping him, being like, "You were talking shit at halftime. Now, uh, now let's see what happens. Like you, you wouldn't stop talking shit." And then he saved his pen, and it was he, <laughs> like Josh said, he really backed up a lot of his shit talking, which is always good when you talk that much. That was it. An Nadovich level shit talk, or no? It wasn't because it wasn't like racist. That. Yeah, that's so. Nice. So it was. It was. It was good because it was all within the confines of like a you know a sort of bit of sporting banter and that. And so yeah, it was good. To, good to see him just rip into him uh, I, and then back it up. I did see one of the Colombian guys who did score their penalty after being shit talk went and did like a big double fist pump like right in the six yard box. Yeah, like he, he yeah. went like he was going to get the ball out of the back of the net to run back to halfway like when you're behind. Then I think he realized it's a penalty shootout, and he's like, oh, "I'll just, I'll just double fist pump right in the keeper's face." And he sort of didn't know what to do, but he, he scored. So he's got the ultimate, ultimate comeback, I guess. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, so right. He did look like he didn't know what he wanted to do. He like did, did the fist pump, and I think he did a little, a little uh, sort of Colombian jig on the yeah. uh, six yard line as well, which was good. They ended up losing con- yeah. convincingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not good for them. Yeah. All righty. So uh, next one we're looking at here is uh, Matteo Guendouzi, everyone's favorite footballer, has uh, just joined Marseille on loan from Arsenal. And his opening quote from after he signed with them was, I am very happy to be at Marseille today. Marseille are one of the biggest European clubs 
We know that very well. They have already won the Champions League. That is not the case for everyone. So, I mean, I don't is know who accurate? is trying to check digs that. Well, you mean have they won the Champions League? Yeah, way back, did they? Yeah, the nineties, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, the show, right? Shrouded, it's shrouded in controversy too. Um, really? Because there were allegations of match fixing. Oh, of course. Yeah, mm. so that's Marseille. So that's Papin and Co. They were they were very good, but yeah, it is it is quite controversial. I don't yeah. know. Is he is that a digger? Or is it just he's like I've had a quick Google of the club. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's what came up. It I reeks of that. At, yeah, I've got a list of clubs that have won the Champions League, and I have a list of clubs that don't, <laughs> and they just, they just happen to be on the list. I mean, the, the, I I don't know who he's trying to have a go at here. If he's trying to have a, a dig and burn all his bridges at uh, Arsenal on the way out, or if he's trying to also have a dig at PSG because they're obviously the big dogs in in League One at the moment. Mm. Um, it's a two for one. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, he's he's on loan. Like he needs to. <laughs> Like oh, he's on loan. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. more careful it, with what he's saying. Oh, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's become fairly obvious he's a bit of a twat. Yeah, so he is a wanker. Why, why yeah. would you keep loaning him out and just like, I think you're just re- reducing his transfer value every year. And he's yeah, let him he's, talk. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's running his deal down at other clubs. That's the problem. You need to, you need to have him like at the club not playing and not in the limelight actually be potentially being interviewed because, yeah, like you say, that's driving his transfer fee down. He's been in a place where he can't be interviewed. Yeah, that's I don't, the under I don't, know how, I don't know how you can like muzzle him in the 21st century, but it's it's just something to think about. Like, mm. Yeah, right. you're losing money. They muzzled, money. they muzzled Trump. So, uh, all righty. Next one we're looking at is uh, Giorgio Chiellini is a big old meanie. I like the sound of that. <laughs> now... Uh, I'm sure we all saw this in the Spain versus Italy game when it obviously went to pens and they were doing the coin toss to see who went first. And and uh, old Giorgio Chiellini was getting a little too handsy with Jordi Alba. <laughs> and I know Josh, you messaged us in the group chat saying uh, Jordi Alba does not look like he's enjoying this at all. No, it's so and, uncomfortable. Yeah, basically Chiellini's like like push like sort of play pushing him, laughing with him, sort of even like uh, like softly punched him Little in the face. Jab, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. was like, because he was, and he was like pointing to, gesturing to their end of the field where their supporters were being like, Italia, Italia. And like being like, oh yeah, we're going to, we want to, no, we want to go down our end. Cause I think he, he lost or he, they hadn't done the toss at that stage. I thought he'd lost the toss and he was joking, trying to convince Jordi Alba to go down their end. And then, the, then they did do the toss and he won the toss. And he's like, yeah, oh, we will go there then. We'll go to our fans. Yeah. It and, was, um, it was a really weird sequence of events and it just, it just yeah, like you said, Jordi Alba just did not look comfortable about it at all. He was trying to take it seriously. Chiellini's just been a nuisance. Yeah, that, I love that. Is that the most Italian moment of the tournament? Like yeah, the mannerisms sure. and the, the overly touching and the rubbing of the heads. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I, I mean, that or any time they argued with the referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or were yeah. on the ground, yeah. Speaking Italian so hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's Paul trying to like put his arm around him, pull him in for a bit of a hot breath chat, and <laughs> wasn't having a bar of it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was nice bit of entertainment before a penalty shootout. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, the next one, and I think we all could have seen this one coming from a mile off after we broke the story last week on the Griezmann and Dembele incident. Yes, that's right, we broke it. Uh, Konami, who are the owners and founders of Yu-Gi-Oh have cancelled their contract with Griezmann. So, yeah, no, no surprises here after yep. what happened. Called it. Yeah, Josh, you did. It's a you, big you said, deal. I thought you said Yu-Gi-Oh. That is, that's who make Yu-Gi-Oh, oh, Konami. That's the company, yeah. Yeah, that's the company, yeah. yeah, the company, yeah. Like a hot potato. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Probably had to, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not a good poster boy. <laughs> no. Oh, and, he, and he also, came, I think him and, actually, I read Griezmann's apology and it was, it was, very structured apology, but it was okay. And I read Dembele's one and it was like he was being forced to say it. He was Not like really. He was basically like, Yeah, I apologize, but and then it was just it was just like, yeah, it wasn't a very uh very nice one and I'm I'm uh, surprised there's got a bit more backlash from it. Really? He put a butt in the in the I don't think he um, put a butt, but it was like oh, it in was French. Like, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> we. It, didn't, it didn't read out the typical oh, but hang on, I have XX insert country friends. Yeah, like, yeah. You, didn't, you didn't give that one. I can't be racist because I have heaps of Japanese friends. Yeah, yeah well, well that, that would have been these. Oh, I didn't know. The guys <laughs> we were being racist about were my mates. <laughs> yeah, the, the Anatovich excuse gets you just yeah. a one match ban these days. Yeah. 
Alrighty. Uh, last one of the weekly happenings as well is uh, Jackie Grealish has been a busy, busy boy. So he's had uh, two sort of uh, notable incidents this week outside of being subbed off, subbed on, then subbed off. Was uh, apparently around the uh, England training camp, he has had to been told to stop chanting "fuck the Albion" at England's West Brom fan kit man. So <laughs> every time he sees him, apparently he just says "fuck the Albion" and then walks <laughs> off. Oh, and they've had to tell him to stop saying it because obviously the kit man's just traumatized from the whole situation. Gee, he's gone um, soft, has he? Yeah, apparently. And then uh, the second incident was uh, at the end of the England game. So England just won, gone through the finals. Uh, big emotional moment for the team. Uh, he and Saka were up in the stands chatting up some uh, some young English women from the crowd oh. who, were, who were having a chat to them. So Jackie Boy's been very busy. They must be have better eyes than the cameraman because all I saw on the TV broadcast was gross. Yeah, fat, tatted up English dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I know, good on them. Good, good for them, I guess. Alrighty, we'll move on to some uh, some transfer news. Um, and this, these two first two were almost inevitable, and that was Ashraf Hakimi and Sergio Ramos are on their way to PSG. So these are both confirmed, have actually happened. I think Hakimi went for around 70 million euros, I think. And then Ramos was obviously on a free um, and signed a two-year contract at 2023. So good signings for PSG. Yeah, it's un- their team's so stacked now. Like, Not that they weren't already, but just like you think at what point do you stop just signing massive names? But I guess never. But I think Hakimi's like a pretty progressive step. So he's gone from Dortmund yeah. over to oh, Real Madrid. Didn't work out. Goes to Dortmund on his way to Inter, and now he's at PSG. And I think he compliments Ramos well because Hakimi is so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ramos is old. And, um, yeah. but, but the PSG medical staff were apparently blown away by the physical shape that Ramos was in for his age. Really? They, they, they didn't need to test that. I could have told him that. Yeah, but, just check his just, Insta. Yeah, look at his Insta. Yeah. But, but I found it really weird because, like, you can see he's in really good nick. Um, and I don't understand why he couldn't force his way into that Real Madrid team that was screaming out for a bit of leadership towards the end of the year. Because, like, to be – like, I know he was injured, but I feel like they were just like, oh, that's, that's it. Like, just squeezed him out Yeah. Just, anyway. That's fine. Don't, yeah, don't worry yeah. about the rest of the season. So he's just been basically doing, like, a long preseason for PSG. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like Real Madrid haven't – burnt bridges before and just dropped players and they shouldn't have and given up on them. They're like sort of on to the next. But yeah. yeah, you're right. It's like Ramos, apart from this season, it's sort of the only season, like this season's been the only one he's actually been consistently injured. Hmm. But before that, he was pretty in, like injury-free and didn't have any too many major injuries and was pretty consistent. And yeah, it might have just been an off-season for him. So he could still have like a few good years in him for sure. Yeah, I reckon he definitely has a couple more good years. Especially in the French League. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we won't have to play every game. And they'll, they'll dominate the games. Like, like he's going to be operating at like ninety percent possession. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's midfield will defend for him. Mm. Alrighty. So next one is Arsenal move closer to signing Ben White. So they've been linked with him for a, a couple of weeks now, the English centre back, and uh, they're now apparently getting closer and closer to signing him, and apparently for fifty million pounds. Bloody hell. Forgive so, me, where's he coming from? Brighton. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah He's yeah, only been there for a year as well. Yeah, yeah. Previously. Yeah, yeah. So he had a decent season at Leeds in the championship, I think, right? Then moved to Brighton for maybe 20 mil, was it? That's yeah. pretty big 15, for them. 15, 20, yeah. He, but like that was a reasonable sort of fee back then. I don't know if he's gone up to 50 mil. I think it's really blown out because of his England call-up, even though he, he played one pre-tournament match. Yeah, and then he showed a bit of consistency, but I guess the cost of a consistent centre back these days is probably fifty million pounds. I, yeah, you, is this? Do you think this is a good move for Ben White? And I don't want to come from a position of bias. Um, do you think this is a wise move? No, I, no. I think Arsenal's <laughs> always such a dicey move for any player's career. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was, I was just saying specifically for Ben White, you know, they've got some defensive problems. Yeah, I was going to say, I got, think... They've got a leadership vacuum, which yeah. we don't have here. Um, like, I don't know, a young centre-back, he is not 
the finished product. He needs to be like no, you stuck exactly. him next. Ideally, it's stick him next like Thiago Silva or Ramos. That'd be great. But at least someone with a bit more experience because Arsenal don't know who their two best centre backs are. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it can always be like that at Arsenal though too. Is like, or you get played out of position, or they want to play some, you know, a bunch of young kids and in a strange formation, and it can like take away from your development though. I find. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like if he stayed at Brighton for one more season, because Graham Potter's going to stay there, so you know it's same coach, pretty similar squad. Stays there for one more season. It's a bit like Harry Maguire when he was at Leicester. I think he stayed at Leicester for two seasons, didn't he, before he moved to United? Um, but he, he'd at least had one or two with Hull, and then he sort of he built his way up, and then he got a big move. I, that's why I reckon if Ben White stays for one more season at Brighton, st- keeps the same form he's got. Like he'll have all the big teams like um, snooping around for him at the end of next season. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you really want to go to Arsenal. Yeah, as a defensive player, like Jobber said, you don't really know what's going on in that back line. And you just have volatile the situations. Just sink or swim, really, for him. Yeah. 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 All right. righty. So next one is our boy Mario Balotelli has moved to Adana Demerspor. I've definitely said that correctly. Yeah. Um, so massive, massive move for Balotelli. This one, <laughs> massive. Uh, I didn't actually know he was still playing football. Yeah, yeah I, I, thought he was. He, I thought he might have still been driving around his Lambo, letting off fireworks. Where did he move from? <laughs> uh, I think it was a Serie B side. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Serie B. Yep. Yeah, he hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been doing much recently. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, obviously still playing. Um, not much else to really touch on here. I think it might have been a free transfer as well. Oh, jeez. I don't think so, anyone's paying for him at this stage. Yeah. yeah. From Monza, he moved from. Monza. There you go. Yeah. So this is a step up, is it? <laughs> well, it's the Turkish first division, so it's probably better than um, yeah. the second, second Italian division. But, yeah, just, just wanted to let that leave that one in there just so we keep, Good keep up the date with where Mario Balotelli is. He's only 30. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. What a waste. What a waste. Alrighty. And the last one we've got is uh, there's rumours going around that there is going to be a free-for-all on uh, the French First Division, Ligue 1, this this, uh, this summer. So there's a few issues going on in, in there at the moment. They've got, obviously, um, they've, there's been a lot of refinancing of some uh, TV deals. So... There was the main, um, I think there was one company last year who had the TV rights and because of the subscriptions, how low they were because of COVID, um, they uh, defaulted on that deal. Then they've re-signed two new deals with two other um, two other companies and they're much, much lower than what they were expecting. So teams are massively in a financial hole. Um, so they've got to make up that money somehow and they're just basically going to ship out any good talent they've got um, for for a tidy fee to try and make some of that money back. So someone like uh, Lil, who won the won the league last year, uh, in a terrible financial situation, <laughs> and they're going to have to ship out basically half their team just to try and survive. And basically, this is happening for every French team apart from PSG. Go get yourself an oil daddy. Yeah, that's a secret. How, how naive yeah. from the other clubs to not. Yeah, I know. Out. But I missed the pod last week. Um, but the Camavinga fee for thirty million, honestly, I almost fell off my chair. You're paying a- fifty. You're paying fifty million for Ben White, and Camavinga's thirty million, like a classy French midfielder who's well on his way. Yeah, thirty mil bargain like, basement prices coming out of there. Absolute bargain. That's what I mean. You're going to get some real bargain transfers out of that that um that league and. Yeah, like I, I, do you reckon there could be a few potential takeovers of of uh, teams? Yeah, from from maybe some oil daddies or some big big money, like a Marseille, boys. maybe. <laughs> yeah, someone, uh, someone's got someone's got a like good value, but like um, as like a, a bit more global appeal. Like yeah, like, I think more like a Lille, maybe or like those, that sort yeah, of level. The, yeah, but if you look at the, I don't know, the markets. Like the only market that would really be useful would be Paris. Like Lyon's the second largest city, potentially. They're publicly listed. I think they recently had a takeover anyway. It's not a great like, one. Yeah. And I don't know. Economically, France isn't in the greatest spot. And yeah. Like, I suppose maybe like a Nice. South of France yeah. on, on the beach. Yeah. That'd be nice. It is. It is. But like, I don't know. I just don't know if there's value there for, for people. Yeah. It's not a highly densely and populated I, part of France. I believe Rennes is actually owned by 
a British chemical entrepreneur. Really? He's actually really rich anyway. Or it could be Leo, one of the two. Um, what a dick needs to share some of that cash. <laughs> yeah, he's really wealthy. He might be, I think he's like the second richest owner in France or something. Oh, shit. You wouldn't know about it with that team. No. No. No, well, hopefully we see some sweet deals coming out of there to the Premier League then. <laughs> Tottenham got a shopping list. Yeah, can't afford it. Uh, now they've got a manager. Yeah. Look out. We're going places. <laughs> Shame it's not Portugal. <laughs> All righty. So we'll move on to the opening question. And that is, who has been your player of the tournament so far? I'll throw to you first, Josh. Which one? The real one. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, geez, this is a tough one. I was just think, trying to think on it a bit leading up to this question. Is it? Uh, I think I, I, hate, I hate to do it, but I might. I might be leaning towards because I'm I'm going to pretty much pick someone that's not still in the tournament, but say one of the semi-final teams. So one of these Place four for Liverpool. Teams. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That could be a good one. Nah, um, uh, Hendo's been great, but he just hasn't had enough play time. So I won't say. <laughs> I knew, like I'd use the word flawless, but just not um just not enough of it. That's all. So that's Southgate's fault. But uh, for someone who's had a bit more play time, I think not not to jump on like a. a bit of a trend from early in the tournament but I, I have been in, maybe it's because I've seen more of him because I don't watch a lot of Leeds games but Calvin Phillips I think he's been good for what he needs to do he's like because him and Jack Rice play that similar like defensive minded physical type midfielder which is great mm. I just think Calvin Phillips also has a bit more of that oomph going forward like he can lay a pass whereas Jack Rice I don't think I've seen him pass the ball forwards once sideways or backwards every time um, a lot of time when he doesn't need to is that Declan Rice you're referring to? Sorry, Declan Rice. That's yeah. A, yeah. Jack Rice. <laughs> Who's this new English centre midfielder? That's a, actually, that's a friend of, that's a family friend. Um, yeah, uh, shout De- out to Jack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure he listens to the pod. Uh, yeah. Declan Rice. Um, yeah. Just, he's, like, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I appreciate that DM style player that can go forward too. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that one. What do you, what do you guys Jack think? Jobber, what do you got? So when we did this about the player of the group stages, I went Leonardo Bonucci, and nothing has nothing has changed my opinion. yeah he'd, he'd be up there. I'm, yeah. I'm still going for him. I think this is the era of the defender. I think Jorginho, um, the future Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah, I saw throw, I saw that. Also, well. also throw his hand up. Um, and oddly enough, I think there's something in me that just based on how far England have got. Almost it says Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I thought that like, too. I feel, like he, I feel like he's been so widely criticised and hasn't been that good. But then I'm like, actually, he could almost be the player of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, he just he keeps could. creeping through. Yeah, I think that's how so many chances he gets. Per yeah, game. I've got a bunch of gaps in my brain that I need to sort of put together there to understand it. But I'm like, the conversation is, yeah, he's like, he's up in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Oh, yeah, I, 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 there's a few definitely going. Around. It's hard. It's really hard to nail one down because there's been, it's been sort of you sort of go on someone and then they have like had a couple off games. There's been no one who's consistently every game been really good apart from maybe a Benucci. Mm. Um, but he's just been good. Yeah, he's, that's what I mean. He hasn't never, been, has been never great. Away being like, oh, holy shit, what a yeah. performance, Benucci. Eh? Yeah. I so someone who's probably who uh, is now out of the tournament. But was fan, has been fantastic probably the whole tournament and very consistent was um, Pedri. I was very very impressed with uh, with Pedri throughout and um, was probably the most consistent Spanish player in that team I'd say out of all of them. Uh, and he's definitely not going to win it because he's out of the tournament, so you definitely can't win it. But um, I think yeah, probably Pedri for me has been player of the tournament so far. Uh, good Barney, you found the keys to the bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> I just watch a lot of football, man. I just yeah, really watch him closely. Oh, no, no, I'm saying fast accuracy. Have you watch heard of a, you, package? Have you heard of a website called Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get all my information from. Clearly. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Seeing as we've we've kind of covered that fairly substantially, let's let's go on and talk a bit more in depth about the two games we've we've had. So we'll, I guess we'll start with Italy, Spain. Um, Jabba, what did you what did you think overall? Did did Italy deserve the win? 
Uh, Italy always deserve to win when I picked them to win the tournament. Uh, I felt like Italy had potentially their worst game of yeah, the tournament. And they Spain were bad. Had, Spain had by far their best. Yep. I was sitting there as like, I've, I've kind of got a foot in the Italian camp because um, I'm quite parochial once I back something. So I've been very, <laughs> very behind Italy. And like obviously with them flying, I've been like, great, I'm right, I'm right at the time. And then I watched this game and from the outset, Spain was just the better team. Yeah, definitely. But, but I also think that what Italy had that Spain don't is a plan B and a bit of flexibility. Oh, yeah. So that, so they could live with Spain being the better team and still win the game. Still do enough to hold on. Versus I feel like Spain have got that passing game. If that doesn't work, then it's like, oh, no, we don't know what to do. Yeah, it does seem like that. And you kind of imagine that Italy have, just because of their preparation the last few years since missing out on the World Cup, that not only a plan B, but probably a C and a D and an E as well, like... They would yeah. just like flick a switch and like, all right, we're playing like this for the next 45 minutes and it's not an issue for anyone because they all know where they need to be. I think that's like the – because the Italians are obviously traditionally very good defensively and, and very solid and so they've always got that to fall back on. But we've seen with this Mancini side that they can they can actually play and, and dominate a game mm-hmm. and like pass the ball around really well and be on the front foot. And so they obviously weren't like that this game. So then they just fell back into their usual style of play, which was sit defensively uh, and look look solid throughout. Um, they had a few, a few, like Spain had a few good chances, and and um, and like they like Spain absolutely dominated the midfield, mm. and the Italian like the Italian midfield looked very second class compared to the Spanish one in throughout this game. I, Especially I found, in the first like, half. Oh yeah, they were playing balls like straight through the line. And just yeah. like straight in, we're right in their strikers, and a lot of, like Danny Olmo got the ball heaps there, like just in front of the the back line, and they were constantly just like turning around and chasing the ball because they just couldn't seem to get a hold on the game in the midfield there. But because the Italians traditionally are so good defensively, and their back line's still so good, they just could withstand that pressure. Mm. And and like we saw, they just they just uh, held out until they nicked one back. I think it was really noticeable that they had a lot of leaders on the pitch. Italy. Italy, yeah, yeah, so everyone. When you're, when seems you're in like that, it. when you're in that arm wrestle, and you're not necessarily winning that arm wrestle, I reckon that's when lesser players will wilt. Mm. Mm. But at like, mm. the same time, I felt like Spain were dominating. I never felt like Italy were going to wilt. No, they were just biding their time. It seemed almost. Yeah, like yeah. weren't holding on to the ball much, but yeah, you, like like we said, they there's a few good chances, but yeah, not not being dominated and also getting pummeled their goal with like um, plenty of chances from yeah, Spain. They had their like 20 minute window in the second half, Italy, where they had saw a yeah. bit more possession and, and sort of, and yeah, they made that count. I think, um, I think combine that with Spain's sort of, oh, well, I'm going to eat my own words here when we look at the actual goals they've scored. But I think for me, Spain going forward have been a bit, I'm going to say toothless in a way, as far yeah, as like, I, I know they scored five goals in two games, but like, Aside from that, they were like they weren't against against great teams and they weren't great goals, but they could score five goals every game. But they just waste a lot of opportunities. I find so you didn't feel like that comb- combined with Italy's fantastic resilience at the back was going to yield too many chances for like Spain. That makes sense. Yeah, they they create they create a lot of a lot of half chances, but not necessarily great chances, and then. But with these half chances, you need like a world class striker to to actually put it in the back of the net, which they don't yeah. have. Yeah. And so, unless you're creating really good chances every time, which anyone could finish, then you're not gonna you're not gonna break down a, a team like like Italy. I was pretty surprised by um the Spanish keeper Simon, who I mean, he got caught out like three times in the first half early on with how high he was sitting. Yeah, there was like three chances the Italians had where he would just he come he sits so high and it helped a few times with some long balls over the top, but yeah, it's a it's a real dangerous game he plays um, with his positioning. Like his chic wasn't out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would have noticed it from halfway. Old but I, I was uh, I was supremely impressed with uh, Danny Olmo mm. throughout this game and like even going into extra time, he was just non-stop the whole even game after the penalties. I said, I said, till, till the end of extra time, uh, <laughs> till the, yeah. the end of extra time. He was, but he was like uh, Spain's biggest threat for sure. And if he had some better end product to his game, he could have, could have, uh, like, would have been man of the match for sure, and and would have got a couple. 
it was sort of his movement and yeah, like you're right. I, I agree with that. Like it was sort of one of those situations where he was at times really high energy, sort of making a run or a pass or getting a one-two um, causing trouble. But you just need one or two more players around him on the same level at, the, at that moment. Whereas it was like the rest of Spain were in like a, all right, let's just pass the ball around down period for a minute or two. And he's like on the, on the opposite side of the spectrum. So they just didn't quite mm. link up with I, the rest of the team, it felt. I think like that was really noticeable because they've got a bunch of players who are really good at passing and really good at keeping the ball. But then they lack that incisiveness. I don't think it just comes down to finishing. I think it's like a it's a mindset thing too. Yeah. It's like, instead of just passing the ball, like what's our what's our outcome? Like we want to score a goal. We don't yeah. get to the end of the game and be like, Oh, we had eighty five percent possession, the game's not just we, you know, we did everything we should have. Like yeah. you've got to do all those other things as well. And I think that every one of those players in that team they grew up being like, oh, I need to be the best passer. None of mm. them are like, oh, I need to be the best goal scorer. I need to be the bloke who can get on the end of something. Like David Villa or Fernando Torres was back in the day. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I wonder if um, they need to plop some more goals in their possession matches at training rather than just like the square. You... Yeah, <laughs> take them out. The sideways, yeah. sideways pass five meters. Yeah. All right, we should probably touch on the goals because they were both very well taken. Good so point. the first one, uh, was the Chiesa goal and a great little counter attack by uh, Italy who like Donnarumma, Donnarumma obviously uh, could see it and you could see the way he charged out of the goal with the ball in his hands and just quickly rolled it into, might have been Jorginho maybe? Yeah, was one, of one, of, one of the midfielders there. and just on the counter straight away, like two two or three passes, you're into the eight, at the 18-yard box of Spain um, and then falls to Chiesa who takes one touch and puts it into the side netting. Um, what do we think of the finish? Good goal. Oh, the finish was the best part. Yeah, it was yeah. unreal. It was great. Every angle, loved it. So it's good. So classy. So good. I think. Yeah, exactly. um, he is and he isn't. Like he is. Yeah. In that, like he has been. But I find a lot of the time, and in particular, like that first goal he scored earlier in the tournament, where he kind of controlled it on his head and took a touch past the Austrian defender. He like he looks a little bit like. Not unco, but like a little bit. I know, I know, you, I know what you mean, Josh. He, do, he, do, he, do, he do, yeah, he doesn't look, uh, he doesn't look smooth like and super, stylish. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look natural to him. But his end product is again so someone who's so good. Who's like, yeah. yeah, he just he just gets the job done. I think he's one of those players who, uh, like we've talked about a few times this tournament, he's just got desire. He, yeah, he wants to score every time he's got the ball. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he's just a very good player. How old is he? Team. He's like 20, early 20s, I think, like 23, yeah. 24 maybe, I think. Almost looks like he's still growing into his body a bit, and that's all. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's what I think. Juventus like, just... It's just the um, body. Like, it's his body more so than his, like, touches. Yeah, it's the, body. It's the body. He doesn't quite <laughs> look no like Ramos. he's comfortable. Yeah, he doesn't quite look <laughs> no. like he's comfortable with his body. Well, that's it. Follow him on Instagram um, and sort yourself out. But it does. It looks like he's almost not comfortable <laughs> with his body. But his touches sometimes are just so good. You're like, wow. He could be anything this Yeah. Time. And the finish, yeah. Like I mean, nobody's Ramos. So, I don't know if we, we mentioned, but for those, uh, to, to get it into more visual uh, context, for those listening to the podcast, he basically takes a little touch onto his right foot and whips one around the defender's leg into the far post, far right. And was, I, don't uh, even, I don't even think uh, Simon moved, did he? He just stood no there point. and watched it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not saving that one. Take it in. And the Spanish goal. So, big old... Uh, Murata pops up and we've been wailing on him this whole uh, tournament and I thought I was supremely impressed by the way he took this goal like the little one-two with Olmo and he's running at full speed mm. and takes like a, t- a nice touch in front of himself and finishes like on his weak foot extremely well past one of the keeps of the tournament probably the keeper of the tournament Donnarumma um, very nice goal yeah I think I think the finish, the, the actual finish shot was the least impressive part of the whole move for me because it was sort of quite yeah. simple. But the touch before that at full pace, yeah, fantastic. And the idea to, to play that one-two and move so quickly was like, like I was saying, someone finally went on the same energy level as, as Danny Elmo. Mm. Um, but not something you expect from Alvaro Morata. He's not really like a, um, a pass and move type uh, striker. He's sort of more less mobile. He's sort of more of a plan himself, feed it into me type striker. But so that was that was nice to see. That that one yeah, too. That, it was a, it was that a split, well taken goal. That split four players. That one too. Yeah. Like it just it yeah, and straight through the, the heart of the Italian right defense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Exactly. Done us. Yeah. So um, no, very, very, uh, very impressive stuff on, at both ends. Um, less so during the penalty shootout. <laughs> yeah, it didn't start well. Let's nah. be honest, did not start well. Locatelli steps up first. Who I was a bit surprised took the first one, but I mean, central midfielder, probably a solid, consistent guy, uh, and just not a very well taken pen. Just sort of didn't put much power on it. Again, one of those ones where they don't. If you don't put it in the corner, like the exact corner side netting, it's keeper's going to save that every day. Yeah, um, too easy for for Simon. Yeah, I'm trying to remember all the penalties actually in my in my head, but uh, I remember yeah when Italy went behind or missed the first one, I was like, yeah, nah, they're done. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought so as well. I was like, this is not looking good for them, like because they were bad in the well, not bad, but they had nothing going for them an extra time. Upstep, yeah. Danny Olmo. You, you got something to say? Their job, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just when you thought Locatelli uh, penalty was bad, Olmo doubles down on it and makes it even worse. Wow, puts it over the bar. I, he put I over, he put over two goals. I, I can never go high on a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah In the parking lot. <laughs> Grab me a hot dog while you're out there. Grab um, me a hot dog. I think, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Like, if you go low, you can never kick the ball too low. So just go low. It'll just hit the ground and bounce in. I just this is like, so, there's so many other places you can put it rather than where he did. Yeah, and I think I don't know. I have to speak to some goalkeeper friends, but I feel like it's it's harder to it's easier to dive sideways and up. Obviously, you can't dive right to the top corner. So if it's there, but um, it just seems like you can just get the ball in the net so much easier if you just hit it hard and low. When they struck the penalties, yeah, I definitely. was like, how many times was- did you see it go under the keeper? But I was trying to establish like what's the point where it is like high enough that it's harder to save because you look at them and you're like, oh, they're going to get to that if it's sort yeah. of shoulder high, so it's got to be a little bit higher. Like there's like a real sweet yeah. spot in the height where it's too high, but the the margin for error is so yeah. There's higher. a potential there. Yeah. Yeah. It's top bins. That's the only spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, we've seen a fair few of them, like Pogba's penalty in the shootout with Switzerland. That was like, that was the spot where you're like, that's unsavable. Yeah. It's like you with, with going low, you just have to worry about your left to right, not your left to right, you're up and you're down. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, not my then, cup of tea. But I'm, yeah. But then Italy, uh, Italy uh, obviously scored a couple more. I think it was... Um, uh, what's his Belotti scored one well taken mm. um, I'm trying to think who else scored for Italy did uh, Immobile take one no he was off yeah that's right he was I off. thought I I didn't see that and so I, in my head I thought he was going to be in at number five be the hero but I think the next one we probably want to touch on is the Marata penalty from hero to zero big zero big zero I can't believe he like that's exact same way he took his pen um, in the oh, what game was it? Early in the tournament, where he missed. No, oh, the one in, in real in, time in the yeah. group in group in the group stage. It was like a yeah a penalty he missed, and it was the exact same way he took it. Like that low one, it's same as Locatelli's low, but only just off to one side, and so easy for a keeper to save. And like the run up on it, I think it was that one too, where they kind of run at it straight on almost. So yeah. then, whichever. So then, when you open your hips up or don't so open obvious. your hips up, it's so obvious to the keeper where you're going. Yeah, you've exactly. got to run up on that that angle if you're left but or right. There was footed. there was an air an air of inevitability as soon as Murata stepped up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like he's redeemed himself. Especially in the spot he was in, that like fourth fourth spot or whatever it was. Yeah. What were they thinking? It's like, why was he throwing him in there? Like, it just seemed like the wrong thing to do. What was that last bit? That that seemed like the wrong thing to do, even to put Murata in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yes and no. You kind of just got to back your striker a little bit. But yeah, I know he doesn't seem like the man to seize the moment. Let's say that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he's not, he's, he's probably low on confidence still, even after scoring that goal. So... Yeah, maybe putting him earlier might have been better, but again, you, it's hindsight twenty twenty. It makes it a lot easier to sort of, to sort of un, like uh, realize these things. But I mean, the way the shootout finished, Jorginho stepping up, number mm. five, and uh, didn't do his little hop that he usually does. He sort of stuttered, but not the hop. 
Yeah. Uh, but sold, sold some candy to Simone and went the complete other way and Italy win. Massive balls. Massive, yeah, so if, massive cojones. If, if Murata looked like the man who shouldn't be there, Jorginho looked like the man who should be there. Oh, yeah. When he, as soon definitely. as he stepped up, you're like, game over, bitches. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knew. Yeah, yeah. It's tough, it's tough having him at number five in yeah, the other team. So I don't know if you guys had anything more to touch on on that one, but otherwise Italy go through to the final. Um, can't say I'm surprised. I think you and I, Jobber, predicted this and probably, yep, predicting the win. But uh, good for them. Bad luck Spain. They came good in the end. Spain sort of stumbled through. Uh, the Not stumbled, but weren't we weren't all convinced by Spain, I think, up until this match was definitely their best and they ended up losing it. So it's a bit rough. Um, so I think maybe good time to move on to probably the biggest talking uh, piece of the pod will be the England-Denmark game. A lot to digest here, boys. Let's just start with opening thoughts on the result. Deserved? Uh, the, the pen or the, the, the win? The win. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, overall, England were the better team, I think, yeah. um, in the game. Denmark. Definitely showed something throughout, and it was it was a, at least they made it like entertaining and good. It wasn't just a walkover like mm. England's last game. Um, I think it was uh, obviously a good good move by uh, Southgate bringing Saka back in. Um, it, it provides a bit more defensively, and some of those wing backs for Denmark uh, are their biggest threat, especially Mailer on that left side mm. where Saka was. He didn't have a good game, Mailer. I didn't think. No, he didn't. He didn't. He looked a bit anonymous, and um, it could have it could have been a lot from uh, from Saka himself, just working back defensively. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no other real changes for England. Um, Poulsen wasn't good enough to start. wasn't right enough to start for Denmark, so no changes to their team. Um, but I think it started exactly the way that I was expecting at the start, and I think a lot of people were probably expecting at the start as well. Is that Denmark um, came out very very. Uh, high energy and aggressively at the start and put England under a lot of pressure, forced a few mistakes from them mm. um, and then obviously forced them uh, into that, give away that free kick and then the goal as well. And I think that's exactly what Denmark's game plan would have been was come out strong, high energy at the start, pressure England into making a mistake and try and nick one early to then, uh, you know, and then sit back and try and like just frustrate England into um, – uh, into sort of a loss. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it seemed like that that was working for them. The mm. the free kick they got that led to the goal was a bit uh, silly, we'll say, from England. I think because Denmark had a free kick a little bit further up the field, um, and they as they took it, it was like they sort of did that thing where they start in a ball and they all peel off, and and it almost looked like they were they were looking for that second free kick, and. Um, they got it. I think, well, England gave it to them. I can't remember who it was that did the foul. Was it, um, it wasn't Kyle Walker. Was it Stones? Might have been. I couldn't remember. Stones or it might have even been Declan Rice. I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like he had the arm around him, but no different to how you would in any set piece to like keep track of your man. Um, but the Danish player sort of like recognized this and went down. And I think because it's outside the box, uh, they're a bit more lenient on giving those. If it was in the box when that happened, they wouldn't give a penalty for it. But because it was outside the box, like, yeah, we give this next minute, back of the net. But we got there, didn't we, eh? Oh. Boys, what a hit. First free oh. kick of the tournament. That's crazy. It's the first direct free yeah. kick of the tournament. That's insane. And there's been like 20 own goals. <laughs> yeah. yeah Cat flaps Pickford nowhere near it. Cat flaps Pickford. Oh, no. <laughs> It wasn't that far to the side, like, but it was hit. It was just a pace on it. But I think it went so it went so high and dipped down so much. Yeah, like I think uh, even even though yeah, you're right, it wasn't in the corner. It was still like so hard to save that pen, that free kick. I really wanted it to go in, but I was shocked when it did. To be honest, yeah, yeah, a bit of, yeah. Bit of Jabalani about the ball there. It oh, was yeah. big time, circa 2002. Big throwback. <laughs> No, it was really nice. Um, and then, I, to be honest, I was impressed with Denmark overall. I, I Barney, just touching back on the result, I, I also think that England, I tipped them, as yeah. you know, with the old sports bet. And I, I do think that overall they were the better team. But I was impressed with Denmark overall as well, as far as how confident and brave, I guess, they were in possession. Like, there were times when they held possession and played well with the ball. They weren't just, like, counterattacking. 
Um, so I was pretty impressed by that. I don't know what you guys thought. There, there was a significant golfing skill. Overall point. quality, yeah. yeah. And like it was noticeable, especially as you got an extra time, when you're like, well, England is so far on top now. Yeah, it's, it just got worse. Yeah. I think I messaged just uh, during extra time in the group chat and said that I can't, I can't see England not scoring. It just seemed inevitable. Yeah. At that yeah. point, and and Denmark would do well to hold I, on for I, pens. I think, yeah, I think England had to score because if that goes the pens with the form Schmeichel's in, I'd be <laughs> worried that England might have might have lost that that penalty shootout. So I think for them, they realized like you could see yeah, how much they were dominating extra time and how leggy the Danish were. I mean, they made five subs in in regular time, uh, and the coach came out after the game and was like, yeah, there was just injuries and fitness. I had to make those subs. It wasn't a tactical mm. change. Yeah, and then uh, so England sort of, sort of seized the opportunity, and we're like, we, we've got to finish this in extra time. That's our best chance. Because if you, if it comes to penalty shootout, it's fifty fifty at that yeah, stage. It's I a think. coin toss. So yeah, I think it was really good, uh, good by England to to take advantage of that. And I think Harry Kane definitely had his best game of the tournament, and was really good throughout this game. He was dropping deep like we've seen all season, uh, and sort of getting those balls in. Uh, bit earlier and watching the players run past him um and how about that pass from him on that uh goal for sterling oh the own goal from denmark but yeah the, that that pass so well weighted to saka yeah i was oh. gonna say that he can hit a pass there's a couple of times oh he, yeah like you said when he was i'll touch on the goal in a sec but when he dropped deep um and picked the ball up a bit more in a number 10 position and he'd get like draw a foul. He was he was doing well at drawing some fouls, but every time he went down, I was like, "Oh, not his ankles!" Like I thought he's kind of no. Yeah, he just like crumbled a couple of times. I'm like, oh Jesus, he doesn't have to draw a foul. would have been licking his lips after that. <laughs> oh wow! All right, boys, let's get on to the own goal. Yep. So Halsey, what do you think? You happy with Kier? Good tournament, great leader, done a lot for the game off the field. But are you happy was, with the own goal? I was impressed with him overall in the match and the tournament. Uh, as always, I'm not impressed with any own goal of this nature. Uh, I don't think going back with the flight, there's no need to put it in the back of your own net. So I'm going to explain a couple of reasons why. Okay, one one point, it's I'm not saying that it's it's the worst one I've ever seen. That it was, I'm not going to say it's inevitable, but it was a, a tough Jeez. one for for two reasons. So Saka's coming all in. on Saka, there's there's one thing Saka's going to do. There's one thing he's going to do, and he does that thing. Surprise, surprise. He puts it across the six-yard box. Oh, shit. I've caught... He can't get caught by surprise by that. It's so obvious what's going to happen. And Sterling's right on your hip. So I don't think he needs to slide. That's my that's my main thing. He When he slides, it hits him in the upper thigh and goes in the net. It hits his knee. So he slid past the ball. He slid... So you either got to slide early so that your foot is there to clear the ball, like you sort of hook it in your foot, or you just don't slide and clear it. But, but if you slide early, what if Saka sells a bit of candy? There was and another really de- mugged off. Another defender that was closing Saka. Um, mm. But yeah, I just think you. I just think I think the thing that bothers me about those goals the most, like obviously, yeah, in the moment, it's it's you, realistically, it's probably not much you could have done. But a lot of those goals frustrate me a bit too because it just seems like defenders in those situations get caught by surprise so often when all that could ever happen is that the, def- the striker is going to slide it across the six yard box or shoot and if you, you yeah i just think you got to be prepared i think it's because he's trying to sort of protect the back and the front as well like he's trying to do both like the front of the goal as in like the strike across the front and the back where he's trying to stop it getting slid in behind so yeah. like he's, got, he's got so many decisions he's got to make. I just yeah, don't think that's a, be... I think I think you put context to the situation. That he's just got the defense has just been split open by a pass. Saka's beaming into the box, and you're running back, and this is all happening within about five seconds. You sort of mm. you you make it's 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 almost just an instinctual decision. It's mm. not at that stage. It's not like you're not thinking about it. It's just I'm just thinking this is the best way to to to. Yeah, um, I think it's instinctual. That's for sure. But I think it, it, like he's he's. It wasn't a great like incident, like and it, it was a bad own goal. But at the same time, I think you can't really put any of it on him. Oh, I never, yeah. With these ones, where I take the piss out of the defender a bit, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying uh, that it's like their fault, really. Like it's, I, but I you always, are? no, I just think that these situations are <laughs> uh, when it get the ball gets to that person. Like I said, with um, some of the other ones, when the ball comes to that person just before it goes in, it's still avoidable when it gets to them. But it's not their fault; it was their own goal because ninety-five like things happen before that that shouldn't yeah. have, shouldn't have been saying, in that situation. 
You're saying Kier has failed Denmark as a leader. He should probably resign. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. No, yeah. Yeah. no, I think yeah. he was so good for the rest of the game. Like the overall, he was great in that game. I thought and the tournament. He's he was a good leader for them for sure. All right, so let's let's Definitely. move forward. So there's a bunch of other stuff going on in the game. Oh, um, so England much. England dominating from sort of everything, looking a lot more quality, and then the depth of their squad yeah. is on show for all to see. Just the changes Gareth can make, like he brings it's in unreal. Jack Grealish. Yeah, their, yeah, their squad is their squad is ridiculous. I think it's probably deeper than the Italian squad, and that's yeah, a good and that's a solid squad. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, the to have the Kahuna's to put. Grealish on, bit of a flex there. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll take him off again. Not good enough. Yeah. 20 minutes, yeah. get off. <laughs> All right, so let's get let's get to where I really want to be. I'm just going to take oh, this yeah. on control here. Oh, God. So, I know it's coming. Raheem Sterling, oh. is is that a penalty? Yuck. And then, uh, so part A, is it a penalty? Part B, who gives away the foul? Yeah, who, who, who's the penalty against? Yeah. I think, I think you answered your own question there, right? <laughs> How is that a penalty? I got a couple like, more questions to throw into the mix. All right, he's, already, he's already going down. Yeah, no, nah, I and down from nothing. So I, yeah, one, I don't think there's anywhere near enough contact to be a pen. After the game, when they asked Sterling if he was tripped, he said he danced around the question a bit, but said like there was, I felt contact, so that's enough for it to be a penalty. He didn't really answer the question directly. That's um, that's that's not how fouls work. He's guilty. So I felt contact, so it's a foul. It's like oh, so any, any stage of the game, you can go down. Then when you get touched by another player, pretty much. So, he, yeah, yeah. He, oh, sorry, you go, you go, Josh. You got one more question. I got a couple just to oh, throw. No, no. Well, so two balls on the field. What? What up? Oh, oh yeah. Had I thought I was, I thought I was going insane. I thought I was the only person that saw that. So, and it's not like so. Obviously, it's a bit of the ref's discretion of do we stop the game for a drop ball. At that stage, yes, you do because Sterling's not in the box yet. He's heading towards, kind of towards the corner flag as he's doing that arcing run to come down the byline. He goes about a foot away from the second ball, so you have to stop the game. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know what the official rule is with the like two balls on the field. Like, what, what, like you say, whether it's if it's not interfering with play, then it, I feel um, like that is. Yeah, no, no, I mean, but, no, is, I, yeah. I, that that one definitely was interfering. But maybe if it's not interfering with play, then it's it's not a yeah know, keep I going. Think, but yeah. that ball was like that's like a beach ball against Liverpool level of interference. Except that it field. was a an actual not match ball too. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah, I think touching back on the actual penalty itself, like I mean, you could have stopped it for the ball on the field. You didn't. You could have just like VAR like the VAR referees who are in the in their separate area have got to have the cojones to say oh useless it's to say you should go have another look at that not to say that's not a pen you just go hey i think you should have another look at that yeah. you might not be able to see the best angle i mean he's running into a box with so many players in there it'd be very i would un- like more than understand the ref couldn't see the best angle he gives a pen whatever that's what he thinks and they go hey you might want to have another look at that because there wasn't much much to it he goes out and look, and if you ever don't look at that, you're not you're not giving it. They need to make him, yeah, look at but it himself. E- again. Even come over and say which foul, like, what are you giving it for? Yeah, yeah someone like, needs to just, ask can that. Can you just clarify for us so we know what we're looking at? Because honestly, I didn't even see the ball on the pitch, Halsey. I only realized really? when you top, yeah, because I was so focused and angry about the next incident. I honestly yeah. had no idea the ball was on the pitch, and I was well, like, it's like a meter away. Well, right like, le- yeah, leading so up close. to it, leading up to it, like, because this is before the penalty happened. I'm like, oh. There's a ball on the field. They're going to stop this. And then he kind of goes past. I'm like, they're going to stop it? They're not going to stop it. And the next minute he's in the box and he goes down. I'm like, oh, God, they, they didn't stop it. And five minutes later, England took a throw in and a second ball was on the field and they they stopped it and brought it back for England. And so one more thing on the penalty, the friggin' laser point is in Smichael's eyes. Oh, I know, right? How does VAR not spot that and say retake? <laughs> well, he saved it anyway. But the, yeah. the, wider context that, the wider context that pissed me off about this was that English football fans are so holier than thou. Oh, like, football is oh, coming no. home. All I this know. diving's Italian, blah, blah, blah. They get to the final based on like a fairly blatant dive. Yeah. And a lot like, of they, controversy they, around the whole they, thing. They've lost their right to complain about Immobile going down in the box or diving or any of that. Like, he was not, like, there's not enough physical conduct there for a foul. Even then, you can't decide where the foul is. And now they're through to a final. Football's coming home. Based on this like dodgy penalty, it's decision. cursed. It it's is. like fo- football's being kidnapped, 
and brought home. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, honest, I honestly think if that went the other way in Denmark, in the situation in Denmark's um, camp, there would literally be riots in the streets. Oh yeah, go to VAR. It, it would definitely go to VAR. If that's but, at the other end of the field, it goes to VAR and they check it just based on the crowd pressure alone. Yeah, but it's yeah, that's and that's that's the that's the, the double standard, I guess, which is disappointing. But I mean, I I I can almost see it written in the stars now. They're playing the Italians in the final. I think it's going to go the opposite way for England in a scenario, same sort of scenario, and they'll have it against them, and then all the uh, chickens will come home to roost, and it will be uh, very interesting to see how they take it on the other on the other foot. I think, I yeah, I think anyone who's a football fan and not English wants England to lose <laughs> at this point. I know yeah, I do. Just, I'm just, I'm so sick of their attitude. Like, oh, ball's coming like, home. Oh, bollocks. Job, you weren't here for the last podcast, but I did put it to Sean about the whole it's coming home and whether, because obviously that started with the World Cup recently when they had a bit of a run, made the round of 16 or whatever the hell that was. Um, but they that started sort of then, and then it's like, oh, damn, we didn't win the World Cup. And then it's like, oh, here's another tournament. It's only think, Europe, but football's th- coming home. Does it count? I think it started. I think the song started in like 1997. Oh, yeah. But I mean like maybe. this. But yeah, but England was shit for like 20 years. Yeah. The most recent potential <laughs> for it to come home. Yeah. Started. So they get like the slightest sniff of a half decent football team. And it's like oily rag to a flame. They're just, oh, yeah. we, own, we own football. It's coming home. Blah, oh, stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. No, I wish Sean was here so he could really pile on him, but yeah. I guess it's good that he can't I, I, defend himself. I, I, yeah, even better, even yeah. better. Just lay into him. Put him on mute. But um, on, on the on the pen itself, I mean, uh, it's one of those ones where it's like uh, great save, bad pen. Yeah, you know, those situations. Combo, yeah. yeah, where it's like it's like great save by Schmeichel, especially like you touched on Josh with the laser in his eye mm. um, to still Lasers. save it. So and held it, but then when he landed, it sort of um, the the force sort of bobbled it out of him, which he almost was, over dove it, and so yeah, it bounced back. which was yeah. disappointing. And then Kane, obviously, their journey on the spot to finish it, yeah. and the English players and fans go absolutely mental. I was think Boris um, Johnson on the other end of that laser was that confirmed? Yeah, <laughs> one of them, Johnson. yeah. <laughs> I think one of the commentators broke his uh, elbow, wanking himself off at Harry Kane's follow up. It was unreal. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> thought he was like the most best thing a striker's ever done is to follow up his own penalty and score like no one's ever done that before. It's like, relax, mate. They had the one commentator on, I don't know what his name is. He's the one who does all the big matches in the Premier League and he is the most fucking ridiculous person (laughs) I've ever heard as a commentator. Like, has the weirdest just sayings and just says the dumbest shit like before a game and it just frustrates me every time I hear his voice. And he overcooks everything, and and then he's like an England game in a semi final was like him on him just on steroids but, is crazy. He was saying like effectively saying like what a hit, what a strike, blah blah. Yeah. blah. it's an empty net at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> panel tournament. Sorry, he's already <laughs> saved it. He got like to get up and save it is like outrageous. He has eighty five percent of the net to aim at. The goal yeah. is on the ground. He's yeah. like what a goal, Harry probably Kane, blind. Yeah, the weight of a nation. Yeah, his, his retinas have been burnt out. <laughs> yeah. Also, literally one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah. No, well, we're, talking, we're still talking about Harry Kane. Um, Aye. So, Aye. So, Got him. So, Man um, City so, bench warmer. Yeah, yeah I, was, I just couldn't believe the just completely overhyping. Oh, he should have been like, oh, so Michael, unlucky. Like, what a save. But he's like, no, this, Harry Kane, unbelievable. And this was um, just moments after I remember in the broadcast they were speaking about how they were sitting – these commentators were sitting like just behind the Danish commentators and how, and they made a comment about how, how they were not um, being very uh, unbiased. Five minutes later, they're just acting like actually, you know, the Danes, you know, the Danes are taking the high road. They would have been classy about it. They've just oh, got for sure. About them. I think, Scand- I think it's a yeah, Scandinavian. I think, in, I yeah. think England should be punished for the final and should have to have uh, Italian commentators. That's the only ones well, they can listen to the whole game. Kick, and kick that's, that's their the punishment. Oh, yeah. It's punishment for the laser. But on the laser as well, I think the English FA has already been fined for for um, the fan using the laser to point into Schmeichel's eyes. So there's some quick action on that. But, yeah, obviously no retribution for the Danes. All right. Well, let's uh, try and take a breath of fresh air, calm down a bit, and just do, whip through a prediction on uh, the final 
because I know that after the final next week, it's going to be a hot, hot and heavy podcast. I'm sure with Sean back either way. So, oh, what do we reckon is going to happen? What do you want to happen? What do you think will happen? Uh, obviously, I'm the I'm the big man on the potties. So I'll go first. Um, yeah, please. Italy, mm, Italy, Italy will win. Yeah, you heard it here first, and that is what I want to happen, and that was what will happen. England have great depth, but I feel like they're a bunch of pretenders, and they're going to get found out. Yeah, I pretty much mirror that sentiment. Um, yeah, Barney, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think I think Italy will will win this. Um, I think they're too plucky, and they'll they'll outsmart the English. Um, much... I think I think it'll be a, a good game, but yeah, I think oh, Italy will be too good for it. It's How a bit much of a, a factor is Wembley? None, not to Italy. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was. I think it was maybe a different team. It could be a big factor, but I feel like the Italians will almost relish it. It's fuel. It's fuel. Yeah, for them. it's yeah. fuel for them. Like you imagine Chiellini, like hearing all those bloody old fat Englishmen screaming at him. It would just be like music to his ears. All, yeah. all he'll hear is um, Andrea Bocelli in his ears, and he'll he'll be just classy throughout. And I think, yeah, I think it only makes it better. Not it's it's definitely like uh, going to make it harder, but. Yeah, like I said, I think they they thrive on a bit of adversity. The Italians, yeah, I think that'll really really fuel them. All right, so we'll 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 move on. We'll get Sean's prediction and maybe maybe put it on our socials. But uh, let's move on. Just another quick little bit of a more exotic prediction on the Copa America final. We've got Argentina and Brazil. What do you guys reckon, Jobber? If you had to pick someone, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I'm I'm a bit of a South American football expert. Actually, I've been yeah. really enjoying this tournament. Residence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the I, think, I was telling you boys off air the shit that goes on in these tournaments. Oh. Like, it's almost impossible to watch because yeah. the time wasting the time wasting starts from just a little bit before kickoff. So once they flip the coin, that's when you sort of start with the cheeky fouls and the time wasting. Um, Leo Messi was found. So there were six yellow cards in the semi final, all for fouls on Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think wasn't 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 there wasn't there ten overall in that game six yeah six for Colombia yeah. and ten overall. It was Crazy. just like a bunch of lads running around chopping each other. Yeah. Um, so look in this one, I got Brazil. They're much yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, like um, Argentina got some decent players. Latoro Martinez, Aguero comes off the bench. Um, Lascelles has been playing quite well, but Brazil are just so much better. Yeah. Neymar got on the score sheet too. Well, you'd like that, Barney. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. I think Brazil will be too strong. I think they're a bit more of a collective than Argentina, a bit more of, um, I don't know, they never seem to have that full team cohesion whenever yeah. they're in a tournament. They always seem like they're, especially with Messi in there, it's like a bunch of players around Messi who are, who are good players individually, but never seem to gel that well together. And they're always so top heavy mm. um, in, in the attack. But yeah, I think Brazil will be too strong. Yeah. For him. Is is uh, Jesus back after he took that Chilean player's head off with the oh, flying yeah. ninja? I think he's in jail. Uh, I think yeah. <laughs> I think he got three games, so I don't think he's back for the three fight. games. Right. It was a bad incident, but yeah. it, it wasn't intentional, but still bad. No, nah, he felt he looked like he felt so bad about it. I think um, I think Brazil too. I think in a game where both these teams are free to play and not kicking the shit out of each other, um, Brazil yeah. will come out on top. Um, but yeah, I think what is it? We got. I think, Ozzy, I, think I think they're I think they're free to play. But I think they would choose not to. Ah, <laughs> yeah, just just keeping with the theme of the tournament. I reckon there'll yeah. be a red there'll be a red card in this game. Combine that with the soggy shithouse pitches that they play on. It's uh, there'll be a lot of chip balls. They're playing it in Brazil, right? I think because there's a lot of controversy about players pulling out of the tournament before it because Brazil's in a bit of a COVID crisis. Yeah, they've got C. the bronze medal position at the moment. Yes. C. 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 That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, our uh, international reporter, Josh. <laughs> from South, all the way from South America. Sorry, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> Oshua. Um, all right. So I think that's pretty much all. We don't have a multi for this one because uh, it's pretty much just one game. I don't know. Did anyone prepare one? No, I thought about putting a 10, 10 leg same game multi on, but then <laughs> I, I, I just didn't know if it would get up or not. That's right. If we do, we'll put it on the socials so everyone can soak it in and maybe copy our bets. Um, I think that's it. Job, where can uh, where can people find us? Uh, so if you go to Instagram, it's football played on paper. Facebook is football played on paper. Twitter at football on pods, and I'm missing one. So if you want to email, it's football played on paper at gmail.com. At gmail, nice. All right, that's pretty much it. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. Forza Italia. 
Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Hold up. 